Hi, this is John Mitchell. You're listening to the Fulham Focus podcast. And yes, next season, the Whites are going back up to the Premier League. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Fulham Focus Podcast. My name's J-Mac, your host, and it's here. It's finally happened. We are relegated. Fulham are relegated, and instead of feeling robbed, I can certainly say the electric blanket that is the championship has never felt warmer right now. That's right, I have an electric blanket. I can afford one. But in all seriousness, it feels like a shot to the head of a rabid dog or a horse with a broken leg. Or in Fulham's case, four broken legs before he could even race this weekend's Grand National. Poor little bugger. Anyway, thanks to John Mitchell for his enthusiasm. We salute you as always, sir. And we salute all the fans that have made this season bearable through their banterful despair up until this point. Anyway, speaking of banterful fans, Reese Baldwin and Matt Lampard are with me. Let's go. Fulham. All right, guys. Well, um, I don't know. I think I know how I feel about this. I just would like to know how you each feel about this. Uh, Reese, I'll go to you. How does it all feel right now on your end? Um, I've got to say, if, if anyone ever remembers back to what Jolene Lescott said and then got in trouble for when Aston Villa went down over these, all those years ago, saying that getting re- it was a relief. It was a weight off the player's shoulders. I kind of agree with it. Now that it is officially... Now that it's officially done, there's no way to, you know, if we'd have beaten Watford, or we would have, it's just, you know, get it over with. It's, it's a case of, right, it's officially over now. We're, we can't get any worse. We can't be relegated further. We can, we're now officially only down. But let's see if we can pick up some wins while we're at it. You know, we're not, we're not, mm. we're not it's not, it's no longer a stay of execution. It's official. We've got these five, I want to say five games left, maybe six, I don't know. I'm trying not to think about it. I'm trying not to think about it. Um, okay, sorry. However many games we hit, no, take, take, take. However many games we have left, <laughs> let's just try and make try and make the best of it. And you know, it's going to be over. It's going to be over soon. And let's start thinking ahead to next season. But absolutely, it's it's good to it's good to have it officially made. If you, if you see what I'm getting at. Yeah, absolutely. So you're feeling kind of good about. It. All right, Mr. Lampett, how about you? And make your article uh, for the focus uh, was fantastic this morning. I gave it a read. What what are your thoughts about this? Extra onto that. Thanks, J Mac. Yeah, I tend to agree with Reese. Uh, you know, it's it's finally done with. It's at the point now where you know it's a, a mix of a sigh of relief and and knowing that hope isn't going to kill you anymore. You know, it's it's that mentality <laughs> now that I don't have to worry about problem solving for the next match. Uh, all the tactics. What's the you know what's the one thing um, you know that stands out among the players and and whether Parker's a, a good fit um you know what he's going to do tactically it, it's just i've just not really felt the need to care for the next remaining <laughs> matches i guess and and basically whatever he chooses may work out just fine and i guess i just want to see some some good football um and that's pretty much it i mean basically reese definitely explained it um just it's over and done with which is what we knew was going to happen there was still that outside hope and as i've said you know a couple of times it just kills you that hope does and now it's over with and time to move on 
Yeah, I just, I just want to clarify one thing. When I said it couldn't get worse, it can actually get worse because we can actually still finish bottom of the league, I have just realised. Which may not seem like a big issue, but I believe, and this is going to be crucial because I know people are already planning for next year, I think if we finish bottom, that means we go into the first in the first round of the League Cup. Whereas if we finish 19th, because oh exactly what happened when we last went down, we go into the yeah. second round. So that Good means point. we don't get that magical away trip to Wickham, which we seem to get every single year. Because they may have been knocked out that year. Or those far-flung, we may not get Forest Green Rovers this year or anything like that. So just for clarification, it can still get worse. Not much worse, but it can still get worse. Good point. Well, I mean, at least we're all on the same page feeling slightly relieved by it all. Um, so Shahi Khan released a statement. I'll just give a basic overview of what he said. He said, I am sorry that we let you down. Our goal this season was to build on what we achieved in promotion and deliver on our pledge to invest heavily in the squad, ensuring that Fulham would always compete in the Premier League and no matter the result, never disappoint. That didn't occur. And for that, we hold ourselves accountable. We will reflect, plan thoroughly and plan accordingly. And he then goes on to mention that the Riverside Stand project is going ahead and he assures us that he has his total commitment to Fulham Football Club. Thank you for your faith, endurance and support. Uh, Mr. Lampitt, what, what are your thoughts on Shahid's comments there? Uh, short and sweet. Kind of, yeah. you know, we, we knew Quite. it was, I mean, it's what we all thought. I mean, he's he was going to apologize. They over They oversold the players that they signed, essentially. And, you know, everyone knew it. It was... It was early on that we were started thinking that about certain players and, you know, unproven players at any point in time. It, it's just, you know, all everything stacked against the players and everything was stacked, uh, you know, against us in that sense. And you deal with the managerial, you know, merry-go-round, etc. It, it's just mm. a recipe for disaster. And, it, you know, I'm not one who usually looks at the recruiting. I was, you know, I'm a coach first. So I look at the, you know, the coaches and, and what they have set up and everything like that. I try to keep it simple. But, it, yeah. you know, the more I hear about it, the, the more it's inputted, it, it does. It makes a big difference. The recruiting, you know, bar none was, it was a big factor in, the, you know, in the situation. Yeah, I, th- I think his comments, it's, you know, were sort of needed, were necessary. I think we discussed in the WhatsApp group that he, basically after the terrible season we've had is he, the cards need to come out with a sort of statement or can they do something that's good PR for the club that said, you know, just to show their commitment to to the fans and to the club and, you know, j- just to prove, I, I, we never had any queries about it, but just, you know, another, another uh, foot in the idea of that, you know, that they care about the club. And I think the fact that he mentioned the Riverside Sands, specifically the fact that he mentioned that is good. Because that's one of the key things that's still been overhanging us for Yeah. For, when was it when was it first it was like 2012, I think it was first given the go-ahead. So for seven years we've basically been saying, is this going to happen if we get relegated, if we stay down? Is it so I think the fact that at every opportunity or as many opportunities as he can, the fact that he addresses the Riverside Stand just keeps us keep just keeps us going. This is going to happen. I am committed to this. You know, come hell or high water, whatever division, this is going to happen. So I think it's just that, as we said, good PR. You know, it's not PR. I'm sure he. I'm sure he actually feels this isn't just putting a spin on it, but it's just there just to show. Right, not everything is as you know, not everything is as bad as it seems. You know, there there is some not positives come out of relegation, but not everything is bad. If you see what I'm getting at. 
Yeah, totally. And it, it, it seems like very good PR, like you say. Um, we haven't heard from Tony yet, uh, for obvious reasons, because, I mean, he was there actually last night. I went to Vicarage Road and um, I didn't see him, but I, I definitely heard the fans singing about him. And I don't agree with all of those songs. I'm far from it. But actually, i got to say, we were singing some belters last night. The uh, <laughs> One of my favourite ones was every time Watford tackled us, we would just sing Dirty Northern Bastards. <laughs> just It couldn't be more fun than that. It was brilliant. Um, yeah, so I'll be very quiet on the scene from Tony. I imagine it will stay that way. I can imagine Shahid has probably given him a couple of backslaps now and just said, you are not going anywhere near this ever again. But who knows? Who knows? I'm not too sure what the plan could be. Um, what we'll talk about now is, I mean, before we talk about the game, just... Ex- we heard a little rumour from Gordon Davies. We need to address this, that Mitro and Kearney are potentially staying. And this has gone around like wildfire around the Twitter sphere, of course. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on that, Reese, And then I'll go on to Mr. Lampett. Just what you think about the idea of potentially Mitro and Kearney staying. And Mitch uh, Sess's message last night on Instagram and whether it feels like a bit of a farewell or not. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a weird one. As much as you know, I, I can't I can't think of any reason why Gordon Davis would, would wish to lie about the situation. Exactly. It, it, I, I'm sort of weird. I'm sort of feeling a bit weird over this because I I've said because I did a uh, preview for the Man City uh, for the Man uh, head of the Man City game with Man City Fan TV, and he basically mm. asked me about you know how play about players this season, and I said that I didn't think there's been anyone. I don't. I couldn't think of a player who's sort of improved their stock, if you will. So I don't know if this you know, the the way it came across. You know, Mitrovic and Kenny stay. Yeah, yeah, they may want to stay, but also on the other hand, does anybody want them after the performances they put in this year? Does anybody want them? So they may be staying by default. Nobody, the fact that nobody wants them in the first place. So it's a bit. And again. I'm still a little bit sceptical about it because the, our finances, I'm not smart enough to get into it, but I know it's not good. That's all I know is it's not good. So we may have to sell them, even if it's at a cut-rate price because players don't want it, so on and so forth. So at the moment, it's still all rumours. I won't you know, believe anything, any trans, anything transfer-related. I won't believe it until I, you know, end, you know, the clock strikes midnight on whenever transfer deadline day is. And they're still at the club or they've departed from the club. It's all up in the air. I'm not going to go with anything until I see something official. The same thing um, sort of stands for Cess as well. So they're, they're the three players I think are going to be you know, the the uh, the biggest rumours and the biggest, uh, the most airtime, let's put it that way, well, the most airtime is going to be spent on them in the transfer window. I think you know, as soon as Jean-Michel Seri says he wants to go, he'll be gone in a matter of days, whereas Kenny Mitrovic says he's gone. Those are going to go on from now until probably past the window. Sorry, Matt, over to you. No, this, this is a good point. And, and, and branching off of that, I think the overall theme is is guilty by association, right? And these players are, are going to, at a point now, now that nothing really matters, they're at a point now where they're basically trying out for, for possibly other clubs or possibly... Um, revalidating to Fulham supporters, you know, that, that they're worthy of, you know, being starters again. I mean, of course, we know Mitro is, is fantastic, you know, leading top scorer. And, um, you know, Sess, of course, is now our leading assist in, in the uh, leader there. So I, I think it's just, it, it's a tough position for the rumor that you know, Mitro and, and Kearney are going to stay on. I'd love to believe that, but 
it's really hard at this point to to think anybody's worthy of moving on, like you said, because of the performance that they've put in. Yeah, some of them have been outstanding, but you know there there've been some question marks as well. Um, there's always rumors out there that you know West Ham want Kearney, Newcastle yeah. want Kearney. You know all these different ones out there. China wants Metro at one point, so who who knows really? And it, it, you're right though, Reese, is that we might we probably can't afford to keep them. And we may have to take advantage of that and restructure. But I would definitely, I'm a big fan of, of both of those players and I'd, I'd love for them to stay on. But, you know, they're they're getting up there towards the, you know, they should be at, at, at the prime of their careers. It, it may be time to, to move on. I'd imagine what would be the question if, you know, Fredericks and maybe even Matty Target, if they had stayed on, what it would have been. Obviously, we'd probably have a better defense, but at least, you know, I'd be curious if they'd be guilty by association as well, association as well in, would they be even be able to move on if they were, you know, part of this, um, you know, this losing season? Yeah, and I like I like what you said there, and but I do think you know keeping Kearney, Sess, and Mitra would absolutely make us a strong candidate for coming straight back up. But it all depends, obviously, who's at the helm, and at the moment it's Scotty at the wheel, and a lot of people seem to think this is where his audition started, uh, due to the fact these were games that were not in the top six teams we are playing so i would just like to know what you guys thought of the first half performance i mean i mean i was there and i just noticed a complete lack of quality in comparison to them with our finishing even though that we dominated in the first half in my opinion the second half we lost we lost the second goal to them and our heads dropped and it was the same thing again as scott parker said it was a 10 second snapshot of our season and just you know, we're not really dissecting this game properly because we've been relegated, so it's a bit of a mishmash tonight. And I'll just go to you, Lampit. What did your What were your thoughts of the, the game of two halves, as it were, of last night? Yeah, I love what Parker said about that, and just that's a ten second, you know, preview mm. or you know, indicator of our season. I mean, if you think about Renieri and Slavisa, I don't know if they would have set put it that eloquently, you know. And but it's he's so a great true. speaker, yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 I think that's. That's what's really honed in w- w- with the players is, you know, it, it's more so you put up a good performance like that in the first half and then the result says four to one. You know, it's almost like the Arsenal away match, you know, where we put up a, a decent, decent showing. But, it, you know, it, it's it flattered Arsenal. Forward, I think we lost four one to that one as well. So it was five one um, in the end. Five one, right? Yes. Yeah. So, again, it's it's the same thing. But good performance but not consistent and not converting our chances and that's exactly what it was we set up in a you know i'm I'm, i love tactics so of course i see we set up in a 3-4-3 which is brilliant and christy gets all the chances in the world to sending crosses but the quality is lacking there and then when we get finished chances like mitro you know taking on uh taking on a player has a pass he can hit you know, Mitro's going to hit the target nine times out of ten, and he blasts it wide and falling away from it. So, yeah, it's it's just just a indication of our season. Yeah, and on the set, indic- perfect. You just said indication of our season. I, you know, I've said this, and I, I don't want to be over overly critical of Scott Parker because, as I've you know, as I've said before, he was given a tough opening set of fixtures, and yes, this is the two. But at the same time, what has changed? So uh, if if this is how we were going to go the whole season, then by all means we sh- I mean we wouldn't have known this, but we should have stuck with Yukanovic. If this is how we were going to go the whole season, because from Yukanovic to Ranieri to Parker, 
Nothing has changed. We've put in decent spells like that. Like that Ryan Babel goal was one of the better goals I've seen from Fulham mm. this season. Even if, even though it was relatively simple, very Jesse composed. Young, yeah, exactly, very composed. A perfectly timed ball. It was you know similar, or not similar, but similar to his pass to Kenny in the playoff final. Perfectly placed. You know, mm. Ryan Babel then just takes it. Around. It was a, it was a very nice goal. Not wonderful. Not great. Not winning any awards. But it was a good goal. We've shown that we can do some things, and yet at the same time, our defence has just let us down completely. So I that any manager sound like Paul sound like Paul Lindsay, but I think any manager that of the of, of who we could attract could have done exactly the same as what Scott Parker has done has done recently and and has done last night. This is why I'm sort of saying everyone's the players seem to love the fact that Scott Parker's good on the training ground. Everyone seems to get on well with him. Fine. But I, I want results. I want improved performances. Mm. And Scott Parker, I know it's based off one proper game, if you want to put that. But even so, we should be doing better. We should be doing better than that. Uh, Matt, do you want to add anything to that? Or should I go to the next point, sir? Yeah, I just want to add a little bit. I think I think you make a great point about that. And I think something that you know from i'm just again I, this is just this is the the curse of 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 this season is just trying to tactically figure things out and the fact that sesonion was our leading scorer at 18 right mm. and and he's he's picking out passes he set up that ryan babel goal you know and he's made these through passes um you know it, one may suggest it maybe that his position you know maybe he's the one who, that we needed to be in more of a central figure to, to actually takes chances and sends in passes. I remember last year, I know it's on a different level, but Stefan Johansson took risks in his passes. You know, if you look at it this season now, look at Jean Marco Siri, he, he passes sideways, right? Zambo started a little bit passing or in Guisa, you know, passed a little bit forward, but you know, I think we're really missing a dynamic midfielder who's actually geared on creativity. You know, Kearney is good at holding the ball and and keeping it simple, but you know, I think we really missed that creative entity in the midfield. Yeah. You know, and and Sess really showed what he was capable of. You know, in that first half, I agree. Um, I must say, um, I find the Sess thing for me. This is possibly quite controversial. I think Sess has been terrible. Uh, and i i don't i know that that no one agrees with me but i i I watch him and i don't i just don't see i know he assisted the goal and i know it was a great pass but other than that it would seem to me to be the only interesting thing he did i will say though when their number 25 got in sess's face i got very angry regardless of sess's performance because that is that is a 34 year old man having a go at an 18 year old kid it's just not on but yeah, I found Cess's. I think Cess relied so much last season with, on a good relationship with obviously Mitro, but also with Matty Target and the overlaps. And he just, to me, has always seemed quite incapable of being an effective, old-fashioned, old-school winger. But he obviously is in a good position at the right place, right time. Someone always made the comparison that Cess is very much like a young Thomas Muller rather than a Gareth Bale, smart poacher, very composed. And I think. We missed a trick slightly in actually putting him where he is. But nonetheless, I don't think it's his fault. I think he has a lack of confidence after Ranieri. And, you know, I do hope he stays on because I think he'll kill it in the championship. But going back to what you were saying, Mr. Lampett, about, you know, a creative midfielder. I've noticed 
it's impossible to not notice how Anguissa has now been man of the match twice in a row now. And this is a player who I thought who would be a defensive mid, who would be a rock behind of defence. But actually, for me now, he seems to be like someone who likes to break lines with his passing and actually pass forwards instead of sideways, like you said about Seri. Um, what are your views on that? Because if this is a consistent thing, then maybe him having him next season will be just as beneficial as Kenny and Mitra, you know, God willing. Yeah, I'm I'm genuinely excited about Anguissa if he could stay on. I mean, at the beginning of the season, he was you know fumbling and bumbling all over the place trying to find the ball, you know, yes. trying too many tricks. You know, even last night he pulled off some of those tricks though. And they weren't really, you know, they're very subtle tricks, but he just keeps it moving. He keeps exactly what we what we want to see, but he's also got that anticipation that I hadn't seen for a while from any of our players just anticipating you know, ahead of time, reading the play ahead of time. Um, you can see that Parker's definitely coaching him up and, you know, and, and talking to him all the time. I, I think if we could keep him and the size and maybe a high pressure defense, uh, I mean, I really think we, we would have quite the unit in the midfield there. But I agree with you. I thought for sure he'd be just another defensive midfielder. Um, but he's showing he's he's got a lot more layers to him. And, you know, it's reflective by his being chosen as man of the match in a couple of these. Mm, yeah. And so, you know, you mentioned Scott Parker and obviously getting the best out of him. Reese, you've made a point already of saying how, you know, a lot of managers couldn't have done much better or done much worse in this situation. And I get that. The question now is a lot of people are already saying, especially in the WhatsApp group and online, on Twitter, for instance, that, you know, Scott Parker is not ready for the championship. It shouldn't be him. They've seen enough already from the Watford game. I'm actually going to say for now, for the record, we still need two more games to see, not just Watford, because I think they were some serious, serious good quality goals that actually made us complete deflate ourselves last night. Not necessarily bad tactics, although the subs were a bit suspect. And I would just like to know, Mr. Reese, who you would like out of Lee Johnson, David Wagner, Scott Parker, or Steve Clark, because these are the four names that have been linked with Fulham. If we were to rank them, it would definitely not be Steve Clark. Absolutely, he counts fourth. Um, <laughs> Lee Johnson, I'll admit, I haven't watched much of the championship this year, so I, I know he gets some good pundits to get some good praise, but no. I don't know too much about what formation and you know could our system work, could our players fit into his system, so on and so forth. So I don't know. So I'd probably put him third. I'd probably then go Scott Parker second and David Wagner third. Even though I, you know, I'm not. I I wouldn't be disappointed if we appointed him, but at the same time, I'm. If this is the if these are the four managers that we have, I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit worried. I just want to quickly touch on the point Matt Lampitt made. In some of we want if if we're looking at who's going to be our next manager, I've noticed a trend with this. If you want, you know, Scott Parker comes in. And he's made Anguissa a very decent midfielder, um, defensive midfielder. Scott Parker was a very decent midfielder. If we're going to go by that logic, and this plays out, because Roy Hodgson was a defender when, when, he, when he was a player, not meant, but you notice that he made Hangland and Hughes a very good defensive partnership. Chris Coleman was a central defender. He coached that night up to a level where he got an England cap. So that takes some talent. So if we're going at that level, Slavisi Kanovic was a defensive midfielder. Would you not argue that our best player last year and under Sizvici Kanovic was Kevin McDonald? So if we're going by the logic that our manager 
makes whoever played his whoever plays at the position he played in very good, then we should get Chris Baird as our manager because he can make everyone across the back four very good if we're following that logic. So I say get I say get Chris Baird in as our manager. <laughs> Okay. Scrap, scrap the Vince, scrap the Vincenzo Montella thing that I said on Twitter. I may have to um, <laughs> scrap. Wait, that. let's get Chris Baird. Brilliant deduction, Reese. Yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts, uh, Mister Lampo, on that, mate? <laughs> Chris Baird, that's fantastic. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> that's fine. You know, uh, if I mentioned Hangeland, he he did suggest um, for no, for us to sign Nordvite, but so maybe not Hangeland. But um, I, yeah, I, I, it's tough. I. I I feel like it's it's tough to think ahead right now, just in general. But also, if I think of ahead of thinking, Parker's on his audition still. I feel like, and I like a lot of what he's what he brings. We're starting to see a little di- dynamic play into his tactics. You know, starting off with a common four two three one. Um, you know, in, in his first match and and putting up good performances, but then you know, kind of messing things up with the 5-4-1 against City, having Kearney and then Grisa side by side, it, you mm-hmm. know, just, I know it was City, but at the same time, you know we're going to get packed in with at least six players and having Kearney and, and Grisa chase their man all over, you know, that part to me was a little suspect. And, and if you look at the the first half of, of uh, or the just the match against Leicester in general, so he's had some chances. But again, if we're saying that his... Audition started yesterday. Well, you know, A plus for the first half. What can we say? D minus for the second, you know? It, yeah, we could. But the only thing but the only thing I will say, and I'd like to know if either of you agree with me, is that I didn't see I the only thing I saw yesterday was a lack of quality, not a lack of effort, which is some out of a lot of the players' control. That's a big difference there. Um you know if you know he he's managed to get Kearney to to tackle uh, appropriately. Like Kearney mm-hmm. had like three or four tackles yesterday in defensive positions. So there is a sense of willingness throughout the throughout the team. You could say there there's a lot of effort there, but it, it is about quality. Like I said earlier about Christie had many chances to cross the ball in. Oh, you yeah. know, and he crosses the ball. You wish the best for him, but he sails it <laughs> over the bar, sails it outside, you know, for a goal kick and or he sends it too long for Mitro. You know, mm-hmm. Chambers had probably one of the best crosses for Mitro in the match, you know, and he's he was playing, you know, right center back. So it's it, it is about the quality. I agree. And I I'd be really curious to see not to say that Parker would have that much control over, you know, over the signings, but it would be interesting to see what what he would, you know, what he would come to, come together. I think regardless whoever manager we choose, they have to be given a lot of time with their players from the get go, and not the way it started, you know, first Lavisa this year. Yeah, uh, absolutely, I couldn't agree more. And I think changing the singer doesn't change the song, and the song is we are. Fucking shit. Uh, so, I mean, that's the problem. I mean, I, I've got to say, I think that, you know, I, I actually thought Tim Ream looked very good last night. I thought the back three looked very composed, um, very composed. I just thought the the second goal, I think it was the first goal from Watford, was actually just a lack of tackling and all the defenders being too nervous to make a tackle. It was all three three of our centre-backs were jockeying instead of actually going for it. Um, just quickly before we move on to the quiz, Andre Sherlow getting another bit of booing, but what are your thoughts on that, Mr. Reese? Do you think we've finally seen the end of him now, maybe? Well, we'll officially have seen the end of him come, you know, 
six o'clock on the 19th of May, whenever the last game is. That, that's officially him done. Mm. I know we're going we're to get on to the future, so I'm just going to sort of tease this, but yeah, sure. I think Andre Charlotte is on the list of people I don't want to see on a pitch the rest, the rest of the season. I mm. think, you know, I only want to see players who are going to be here or have a chance to be here next year. So I don't, I don't want to touch too much on that because I know we're going to talk about it later. Well, in which case, then I'll raise, I'll raise this question to you before we go into that later. Is there potential that we might still, could there be players still playing who aren't going to be with, with us next season so we can sell them for a good price and they can still prove their worth, do you think? Um, there are a couple. Off the top of my head, <laughs> off the top of my head, I can't, I can't think of many. Uh, Mr. Matt Lampett, would you like to add anything to this, or shall I just go straight into the quiz? What do you want to do? Yeah, I, you know, I think with with Schurler, it's it's he's a bit of a he. He's definitely controversial. I've I've supported the idea of him, right? Not necessarily <laughs> him, you know, but only for his you know contributions in the attack you know he's not the complete player he does he's not a defending player he can't tackle worth anything but to be fair he's our second goal scorer you know in in a in a season in which we need as many goals as possible and i don't know what his shot to you know shot on goal to goal ratio is but he was there threatening and yeah he scores worldies but you know he did combine a lot with Mitro but unfortunately he's just not the complete player and I too for the for the sake of of Schirler just to escape the booze I you know I don't want him to play again either but I do think we realize what we were missing in the sense of somebody whose quality in front of goal um, you know we were missing that uh, while you know while Schirler was injured with his you know virus or, or whatever it was um, mm. I do think we missed that. I think Bobble took over a little bit, but, um, you know, too little, too late, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay, guys, um, I'll just leave us with a final question. There's a very, like, with these horrible, well, not horrible, just, a, I think, a bit dramatic Tony Khan chance. Um, there was a chant during the Man City game, and I think it's apt to bring this up just before we go to the quiz, just to sum up on the cons and what they, they've said in their statement. Their line was from the fans, they started singing, you destroyed our club. And I'll just go to each of you if you agree with that. And I'll go to you, Mr. Reese. Do you agree that the cons have destroyed our club? Because personally, from my point of view, I think we would be in a very much worse situation without them or their cash. Um... I don't know if we'd be in a much worse, much worse situation because you would, because we, if they weren't the Khans, we'd still be in the hands of Mohamed Al Fayed, who I think proved himself to be a very, very good owner. But oh, I just okay. want to say, right. if, 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 if we're talking about destroying our clubs, that have you not seen what's happening with Bolton this yes. week? I'm glad you bring this up. In recent weeks, or what's happened with any number of clubs, you get, are Birmingham about to be docked points or in the process of being whatever? Destroying our club, let's just calm it down a bit. We're going down to the championship. Things can be much, much worse. Yeah, nice one. I mean, and I think as long as we got the cans, we've got to remember that the fifth richest owners in the whole of the English Football League will be back. I have no doubt about that. And Mr. Lampert, any final words on you about that? Yeah, I just agree with Reese. I mean, just very briefly. I mean, what comes to my mind, especially because of the project being done on the Riverside stand and being and the improvement there, but just mm. imagine if Khan was a, actually was allowed to buy Wembley, 
just imagine what the perception would be right now. You know, if, yeah. if we had Wembley and, you know, I could imagine what the rumblings would be about, you know, why are you spending money there, et cetera, not on our club. And he, you know, he didn't get it. I know that, but you know, they are putting, you know, putting the effort, but it's similar to our players this season. We put in all the effort. The effort is there, but it's the quality. And in this case, yeah, it's the quality that didn't, you know, give us that return on our investment. I couldn't put it perfect myself. Couldn't put it better myself, rather. All right, guys, perfect, 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 perfect. And I'm just imagining that old gif of Roy Hodgson right now, lifting, putting his hand underneath his chin and just saying, chin up to us all, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right for FFC in the long run. All right. All right. After this, we're going to have some quiz to line things up. And welcome back. Now, to make ourselves feel a lot better, we are going to play the quiz. Now, you know the rules. It's a quiz. Anyway, so 20 points each for one of my co-hosts here, and it's 30 points in total for you lovely listeners at home. We will start with round one, which is yes or no. Round one is yes or no. And to go first, because I haven't spoken to Matt Lampett on this before, I'm going to let him choose a set. So you can have set one or set two, Mr. Lampett. Which set would you like, sir? Set one. Okay. All right. Set one. Here we go. Now, round one, yes or no. And the question for these are, these both these sets. Did the following former players make more appearances for Fulham than any other club in their careers? I'll repeat that. Did the following former players make more appearances for Fulham than any other club in their careers? All right. And I will go with the first one for you, Mr. Lampit. The first one is Ross McCormack. Yes or no? Yes. The answer is no, I am afraid. I am so sorry, sir. He made 158 appearances for Leeds, but only 100 appearances for Fulham. All right, so the answer is no. All right, okay. All right, next one for you, Mr. Lampit. Lee Clark. Yes or no? Uh, yes. The answer is no, I'm Come afraid. On. No, I'm sorry. Lee Clark made 178 appearances for Fulham and made 265 appearances for Newcastle. Bad luck, sir. Bad luck. All right, next one for you. John Pencil. Yes or no? <laughs> John Pencil. Yes. Whenever I think of John Pencil, I think of own goals. Mm. Half volley on goal. Um, I'm going to just say yes again. You are correct. He did indeed. With 91 appearances for Fulham. That is a point for you, Mr. Lambert. All right, next one. (laughs) Dixon Otuhu. Yes or no? No. Going with no. You are correct. That is absolutely right. He made 149 appearances for Preston with 127 appearances for Fulham. Excellent. Excellent. All right. And finally, Aaron Hughes. Did Aaron Hughes make more appearances for Fulham than any other club in his career? Yes or no? 
No. You are correct. He made 279 appearances for Newcastle and 250 appearances for Fulham. Excellent. You have got three out of five there, Mr. Lampett. Very good. Now we go on to set two. We go on to set two for Mr. Reese. Okay. All right, Mr. Reese. you know the question, but I'll repeat it again. Did the following former Fulham player make more appearances for Fulham than any other club in their careers? Yes or no? Did they make more appearances for Fulham than any other club in their careers? And we will start with Mr. Thomas Callas. Please come back. Tom Callas had two years with us. He's still quite young. I'm going to say yes. More appearances for us. Appearances for Fulham. That is absolutely correct. Fulham For Fulham, he has made 76 appearances, but he has made 66 appearances for Fitez Arnhem, 47 appearances for Borough, and four appearances for Chelsea. Excellent. All right, that is one out of the five for you. Next question is Mike Taylor. Yes or no? Ooh, that's a good one. He did spend a, he did spend a lot of time at Birmingham. Is there mm. number one? Oh. Before us, no. I'm going to say I'm going to say Mike Taylor spent more than us, so I'm going to say yes. You are wrong. It is no. He made 235 appearances for Fulham and 242 appearances for Birmingham. I knew it was going to be a close one. Ah, uh, never mind, sir. And the next one for you, Mr. Reese, Brian Ruiz. Yes or no? Oh, my arch nemesis. <laughs> He's got a really nice beard now. Does he? I wouldn't have a yeah. nice beard. No, he looks very he, masculine. Now he played for 20 or somewhere in Holland before us. Yeah, I'm going quite young. I'm going to say more for us. More for us. So, yes. That is absolutely correct. He made 107 appearances for us, the Whites, but only made 104, 104 for Sporting Lisbon, 79 appearances for Ghent, and 75 appearances for FC Twente. Excellent. Or Twente, whatever. Okay, so there's another point for you. And the penultimate one for you here, Mr. Reese, is Zat Knight. Yes or no? Ah. Now, isn't mm. it? Yeah, now he has like, isn't he like on most ever appearances in the Premier League? He's something along those lines. He has some sort of record for us. He's high up on that. Like so again, so I'm going to say, did spend that long at Villains? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say yes. Again, yes. Although I've said that for a lot of them, so it's probably going to backfire me. But I'll go, I'll go yes. Well, I'm still going to yes. No, no, no. He unfortunately had 192 appearances for Bolton. And for Fulham, only 181, I'm afraid. But it's close, mate. It is close. Crikey. Yes. I good for him. And final one. This is quite a good one. This is a bit of a doozy, as you'd call it. Emerson Hindman. Yes or no? Ooh. (laughs) Bloody hell. (laughs) Um, The question is, did he he reach double digits for anyone? Um, Well. I'm going to. He went back and forth, but he was with us for a he was with us for a while. I don't think he made that many appearances under McGath. He sort of made mm. a real renaissance under under Yukanovich. <laughs> so I'm just giving out his life story. I'm gonna say no. No, I think he played more for Rangers. He had a spell there, didn't he? I'm gonna say no. 
The answer, I'm afraid, is yes. He made 28 appearances for Fulham, 17 appearances for Hibernian, 17 joint with Rangers as well, so 17 appearances for Rangers, and 7 appearances for Bournemouth. All right? Uh, so you have only got two in that round, and Lampard is on three. So there's Ew. three, two at the moment. To the Lampard. Excellent. All right, now, guys, round two. Back and forth. It's five guesses each, and you know how it works. It's back and forth. So. As I'm sure you've heard since the Watford result, Fulham only need to concede 14 more goals to break Derby County's record for most goals conceded in a season. It's mental. So your task is simple. You have five guesses each to name the last 10 matches in which Fulham have kept a clean sheet. You just need the opponent. So you just need the opponent, all right? And because you're winning, Mr. Lampert, I'll go to you first. So we need just an opponent where we last kept a clean sheet. The last 10 games. Off you go. Oh, first one. First one would be Huddersfield at home. That is absolutely right, sir. Hold on. Very good. Huddersfield uh, at home on the 29th of December, 2018. The penalty saga with Kamara Mitro with injury time winner. Excellent. And for you, Mr. Reese, back and forth. Um... Uh, Aston Villa playoff final. Aston Villa playoff final. But of course, 1 0 to the Fulham on the 26th of May 2018. Back to you, Mr. Lampett. Derby County. Derby County 2 0 to us against Derby County on the 14th of May 2018, the playoff semi final. Very good. And Mr. Reese. I'll get rid of our other Premier League one. Uh, Newcastle United away. Indeed. Nil-nil on the 22nd of December 2018. And to you, Mr. Lampett. Hmm. I'll say... You said Newcastle away? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I think, I think it was Berbatov. <laughs> was it? <laughs> don't do that. No, no, don't. It's just no, that's, it. that's, it's, just, um, that's just for John if he's listening. Was it uh, uh, right before? Uh, <laughs> Mil- what about was it Millwall? <laughs> Yes, Millwall. Okay, Millwall, where we won 3 0 against them. Yes, we won 3 0. Okay. Yes, indeed. Yes, yes. That's McDonald and a Wonder Strike. One, McDonald, Wonder Strike, and Mitro. Excellent. All right. Back to you, Mr. Reese. So we're definitely going back to the championship. I've got to, I've got to read my memory. Yeah, but come on. I've got a triangle, and this is, this is heavy. Was the kid, hang on, Leeds. The kid from McDonald game. I'm going Leeds. You are right. 2 0 against Leeds on the 3rd of April. K Max scored with his arse. Excellent. And to you, Mr. Lampett. Oh. Oh. Um, mm. North City away. North City away. Exactly. We won 2 0 on the 30th of March. That was my birthday last year, my 29th. Johansson and Kearney on the score sheet with two goals in five minutes. Excellent. 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 <laughs> All right, Mr. Reese. Another guess from you. Uh, going through the. Uh... 23 undefeated. I think Reading was in there, so I shall go Reading. You're absolutely right. On the 10th of April 2018, Johansson with the goal. Bakuna sent off for a disgraceful tackle and Cessna on injury time. Very good indeed. All right. Now, final guess for you, Mr. Lambert. Oh. 
Obwohl es Fulham uh, against oh Burton Albion six 0 at home. That is not on the list. I am afraid, oh. sir. That is not on the list. So you've got four out of the five there, Mr. Reese. Final guess. Refont. Damn you. <laughs> Again, thinking back. To, I think Sheffield Wednesday. I'll go Sheffield Wednesday. I think that was a Mitrovic winner. Oh, that's exactly right. Sheffield Wednesday. We won one nil on the seventh of April, two thousand eighteen. Mitrovic in the seventy eighth minute. So that is a stonking five out of five for you there, Mr. Reese. And Mr. Lambert, the one we were looking for. This, I mean, this would have been hard to get, in my opinion. This would have been 2-0 against Exeter City on the 28th of August in the Carabao Cup last oh, year. Oh, that's a dog. Yeah, that's oh, mean. Oh. It's mean. That's, that's, clever. Round, that's clever. I'll give him that. That's clever. I can't remember. Let me have a look. What does it say? It just oh, says. What does it say? It. it just says Carabao Cup. But never mind. I should know. <laughs> never mind. Like, never, never mind. Who cares? It doesn't count. Anyway. <laughs> it doesn't right, matter. So, Oh. It doesn't matter, but this is this is tight, guys. So it is uh, five, six, seven, seven to the Reese, and four, five, six, four, four, five, six, seven. It's seven all. It's seven all. Excellent. Okay, cool. So guess the player the last round. You know how this works. I list ten facts about this player, and if you get facts one to two, you get five points, or three or four, you get four points, five or six, and so on, so on, so on, and so forth. So I will read them out, and I will freeze you both, and we'll see who wins. But it's both in your interest to really go for this, because it's seven all. All right, so here we go. Fact number one. This player is six foot five tall. Fact number two. He has won the FA Cup. Fact number three. He made 84 appearances in all competitions for the Whites. Fact number four. He has also played for West Ham, Birmingham City and Portsmouth. All right, we're out of the three-point zone. He has made his home debut against Bolton in the club's back-home celebration in 2004. Fact number five. He is one of just five players to be sent off for more than once for Fulham in the Premier League. Fat number six. Fat number six. Oh, do you want to do something? No, I'm just trying to think back to the back home game. I was there. Uh, (laughs) Fat number six. He scored a free kick in the 6-0 thrashing of Norwich in 2006. I got it, 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 I got it. Okay, go. Pap- what is it? Papa Booba Diop. Papa Booba Diop. Papa Booba Diop. Oh, <laughs> All right. I'm going to freeze you there. You can potentially win three points there. All right. All right. Okay, so you can still go, Mr. Lambert. Papa Booba Diop. Papa Diop. He, has three, he has 63 caps for Senegal. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Papa Booba Diop. Number eight. He ain't, he ain't no side table or chest of drawers. He's a defensive midfielder. Take a bow, Papa Booba Diop. Excellent. Excellent. I oh, completely forgot he there you go. Birmingham. He did, right, didn't he? So there you go. That's that's 10 points for Reese to Lampet 7. Unlucky, Mr. Lampet. But oh, Mr. Reese, well we are sending it. Well played, man. And so what we're giving you, Mr. Reese, we are going to give you a lovely hard hat that you can wear for the construction of the Riverside with a guided tour from Maxime Lamarchon as he sings to you his own song name as you 
walk around looking at the construction. No, it's a fine song. I could easily be whistling that all the way through. Just hope exactly. I don't, just hope I don't keep distracted and fall in the river. That's all I've got to ask for. You know what? There's a really good. <laughs> there's actually a really good new one uh, that I only just discovered last time. Vicky Retrota. It's like um, Andre Van Zandt, Andre Van Zandt, It's so good. <laughs> I was really enjoying it. Um, I'm not doing it justice because it's just me, and I'm very posh. It doesn't sound very uh, footbally. Anyway, cool. So ten seven to the Reese. Very good. All right. Enjoy the crash at whatever it is. After this, we're going to talk about Everton. Fulham. And we're back. So we don't have a pod next week, guys, for all those listening. So what we're going to do, we're going to have a mini preview now of Everton on the 13th of April on the Saturday. And what we're going to do is I think we're going to use this to discuss how we can see things playing out now that we are down, down, down. So I'll go to you first, Mr. Reese. We expect some youth to be played. We'll start there. Well, I say we expect some youth to be used to be played. I think it's again sort of what I was saying earlier. By default, we mm. expect if we're going down the line of you know that I alluded to earlier, any player that isn't going to be here isn't going to have the chance to be here next year. Get rid of them. So that means Rico and did we get Fabry permanently or is he on loan? I forget. He's he's permanently, and I wish um, I wish Scott Parker had used his initiative and used him sooner because Rico okay. is starting to really piss me um, off. Okay, so by default, get Rico out, get Fabry in goal. Looking looking around the rest around the rest of the team, you know, if we're assuming Seri's going to be gone, then get him out and maybe put Matt O'Reilly or Luca Della Torre, or if he's still here, Matthias Kate in midfield. Um, that's really all I can really think of, because uh, mm. all the guys like Dennis Adoyan across the back, I think, are still under contract, so we're assuming they're going to mm. be. So we can't immediately just stuff Stefan Sessegnon uh, right back. Um, God, I wish we had Stephen Humphreys. We, we could give him a run up front. <laughs> yeah, God, no, I, I, God, I really, I'm really going to regret that. Um, or Cordy yeah. Woodrow, who knows? Cordy Woodrow again. That would have been a great <laughs> partnership. A great partnership. Anyway, uh, yeah. So there's going to, there should be an influx of players. Exactly who I don't know because again, Callum Chambers, if he's going to be master, who's going to play that centre back? Slash defensive midfield role. If we're gonna go centre back, maybe get Aaron Davis in. I've, I'm I'd really like to see big, that. I'm a really big fan of him. If we're talking but about why, players, I wonder why, Reese. Why, why are you a fan of him? Um, there's a number of reasons. reasons. Mainly due yeah, to what's national. the main one? I think he's. I think he's a decent <laughs> leader. There are other factors. I, yeah. if John, if John Dager Thorsteinson was still at our club, I'd love to see him get a go. Basically, I want as many of the youth players in as we can. Who exactly who it's going to be? It's just hard to tell at this stage. Because we again, we're still trying to tot up who's going to be here. Do we put Kenny in? Is he going to be here? So on and so forth. So that's what we want to mm. go. It's just I can't put the exact figure on who or why or how many. Fair enough. I think it should be a nice marriage of some youth, but also with players who necessarily who aren't necessarily staying. So, for instance, Callum Callum Chambers, I would play even though he's leaving because he's actually been one of the finer players for us this season, and I think he deserves to actually have some role to play in showing a bit of fire before we eventually leave this exit, exit this league as swiftly as possible. Uh, Mr. Lampert, what are your thoughts on any youth players that you'd like to see brought in or a certain style or a certain, you know, yeah. you know whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of agree with you. Is this, it's probably going to be, you know, I, I'd like to see a mix uh, as well. Some of our youth players, I mean, any right back who can cross would be ideal. 
you know, yeah, and, quite. You know, so so if that's Steven Sessegnon's time, then go for it because uh, I'd be fine with that. I think Matt O'Reilly definitely should get a nod. Um, you know, and mm. same to go with Luca, Luca Del Torre. You know, um, I'd hope to see them, and uh, I I would really like the same as Reese said with Collie Woodrow because <laughs> yeah, you know, he's been on just an absolute tear right now. You know, any kind of goal scoring, whether it's League two, League one, it doesn't matter. He's scoring goals, you know? It'd be really great just to see that potential. And can we point out, he actually showed something in the Premier League. You remember that de- that debut or first game, one of the first two games against Newcastle? He stole yeah. the show that day. He yeah. can, and then mm-hmm. scored and then scored a very good goal against Crystal Palace. Corley Woodrow could absolutely hang in the Premier League, especially now he's a bit more experienced. Sorry, carry on. Well, it's true, though. If he's scoring goals, I mean, you know, as a former striker myself, might I say, you know, not, not the same level, but I played college level. But, you know, it's is still when you score goals and you have that that, you know, just just that momentum of, of scoring goals, it's it, it's hard to, to stop it. It's just, you know, it's the floodgates are opening. I, I would love that. But again, that's just dreamland again. Hope kills you. That's what it does. So, I, you know, I, I, and what I could see with Parker is, you know, these are this is still his audition. And I, I, I can see him still using players that probably won't be around, you know. And don't be surprised, Reese, if Schurler's still playing. You know, he'd probably still show up, um, you know. But I, I would like to see a good mix of the younger players um, I'd like to see a right back. You know, maybe they have a, a diamond in the rough there. I think Sessegnon, Steven Sessegnon deserves his shot. He's been on the bench right this year, so you know why not at this point? And uh, well, let, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Well, no, let's 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 talk about that for a moment. Um, the idea of because we've been wanting to see see Steven Sessegnon play on the right. He's been on the bench a couple of times recently uh, in the sort of Cyrus Christie role. Is there a potential, and I'll let one of you guys reply to me here, that we think Steven Session might play with Sess in the last few games as a sort of beacon to try and keep Sess at the club potentially? Would that be a successful way of maybe think thinking that Ryan could stay so he could play alongside his brother next season? And I'll go to either of you on that. I th- sorry, sorry, I think- sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, yeah. Go, Matt, go, Matt, go, Matt. No, that's, it's, it's a tough... It's a... <laughs> He kind of hard. He's been on the bench, and essentially, it, it seems like Sess wants wants to stay. But you know, there is a big push, and anywhere that Sess goes, or you know, his brother's probably going to be part of a, a package deal. And oh, really? I, I imagine that. I mean, it seems like that would probably be the case. I mean, there were rumors about it that way about like Spurs taking him. Of course, that was last year, and that was before oh. all this chaos. No, but, but that's right. I saw another link to that actually. Yeah, the Sessignon twins. They were interested. Yeah. Yeah, that. it's like a package deal of sorts. And if they've never seen, you know, Stephen play, I'm not sure. And who knows? Maybe if Stephen Sessignon plays too well. And it could even rise, raise the price for Sessegnon or even, you know, put Tony Khan and co in another position to, you know, are they going to invest in him or are they going to sell him as quickly as possible? I like that. I like the way you're thinking there, Matt. The only <laughs> way you're going to get, you're going to get this is as a package deal. I like the way, like it's either not, no, it's, it's sim- similar to Brexit. It's no deal. It's either no deal or no Brexit. It's either no Sessegnon or, you know, Sessegnon both Sessignons or no Sessignon. I like the way you're thinking. Yeah. Do you want a hard-boiled Sessignon or a soft-boiled Sessignon? You know, the options are endless there, to be honest. Um, I think, 
I mean, who knows? I mean, I remember seeing Sessegnon, Stephen, that is, of the Stephen variety, play uh, against Millwall. And I believe he played at right centre-back in parts of that game. It looked quite pretty good. And that was, you know, that was a championship team we were playing. So who knows? I mean, maybe maybe Stephen Sessegnon is ready for some sort of fight in the championship next season. But I'd, I'd just like to quickly, before we talk about a little bit more about Everton, the, the Cyrus Christie thing. I find it quite interesting because I think defensively he's got a lot better, but he still seems very stuttery when going forward, making the cross, taking a man on. He just seems so nervous in doing so. Do we think that maybe Cyrus Christie would be good for us next season as a right back, but just not with the sort of attacking minded, overlapping, you know, uh, wing back that we had as last season? I don't know. I haven't seen enough from Christie any because he did play sporadically in the championship last year. So I haven't seen mm. enough from anything on in either division, so to speak, that, that's going to really convince me either way, personally. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Mr. Lampert, I'll let you answer that and then uh, we'll go on to the actual topic at hand. Yeah, I'm the same with Risa. It's just a matter of... It's a very strange thing with, with Christie because, you know, when you watch a player, you can feel how heavy they are. He feels like he's very heavy footed, like just, you know, like, like you're hoping the best for him. Like, hopefully he just looks like he's going to pull a muscle every time he's running. And it's just, you just don't know what's going to come of it. And his technique is, is strange to me, but I've, I've been a supporter of his, you know, ever since he assisted, you know, Mitro on, on Mitro's first goal of, for Fulham last year. And, you know, and he's can send in a ball, but, you know, for me as a right back, especially for playing in the wing back there, you have to send those crosses in. And he's had plenty of chances this year. Yeah. Um, and he's shown good things, but I think it is time to 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 see, you know, like you said, he might be playing scared and maybe it's time to see a youth player who's not going to play scared, you know, show him up. Yeah, absolutely. Fair enough. And Luca Della Torre, is he someone that we could see potentially rising up to the championship, do you think, with Matt O'Reilly and potentially Fossey and Harvey Elliott? Any of those three names think inspiring you at all, Mr. Reid? Uh, yeah, there's a there's a couple, like, you know, a couple of the names I saw have alluded to earlier. Absolutely. It's just just a case of whether or not we're going to be seeing them immediately next year mm. or know heaven forfend we uh don't come straight back up we have to you know bed the jail uh, them in ever so slowly maybe over the next two or three years rather than straight away yeah perfect all right um tell you what it's going to be interesting to see you know i mentioned earlier the, the the weight being off the shoulders whether or not that does allow us to play with some more level of uh fluidity creativity like similar to not exact direct uh, direct correlation but when we were down uh, rick quote unquote relegated a Man City in 2008, it said a show on so forth. You know what I'm getting at. Um, mm. It'll be interesting to see whether or not we do is a different matter. Obviously, the speaks for itself. But I, on, I think this may this may be uh, Scott Parker's first point as Fulham manager. So I shall say point. I shall go for a one-all draw because I don't think we're quite yet in the clean sheet area of the Scott Parker era. But I shall go for a one-one. <laughs> A 1-1 draw. Okay. And Mr. Lampert, what is your score prediction on this, sir? I think it's going to be another good effort. I I, I mm. feel like uh, I, I feel like they, you know, they, they've got players that can finish. They've got some, some speed. Um, you know, they've got a good defensive setup. I think it's going to be tough for us again to to find goals. I, I think we're going to lose this one 2-1. One. Okay. I've got a feeling 
that we're going to win this. I've just got a feeling that we're going to win by two goals to one in the other direction to the Fulham. And I think we're going to win because I think, ironically, I think the cottage will be absolutely bouncing with just, let's just have a laugh with this. And I think they'll really get behind the players and especially if the youth are being played. I can see us potentially getting three points, but a lot of people will call me crazy for this because Marcus Silva's team seems to have picked up some serious form in the last few weeks. All right, guys. Excellent. Excellent. Great pod. Really love to speak to you and under the certain circumstances. It's actually been a joy. All right. So if you're all listening at home, thank you for listening once again. And we're sorry about the news. It's not our fault. We hate it too. If you like what you hear, please rate us on iTunes or whatever pod app you're using if it's spotify which we are now on tell your friends about us and absolutely if you have won the quiz and you got 30 out of 30 give us a mention in the twitter and we will absolutely bathe you in glory in the next episode it never happens but we'll do it if you actually tweet us uh, thank you to my co-hosts mr reese and mr lampit of the us of a and thank you once again for listening we shall see you not next week but the week after stay safe thank you